Hey guys, welcome to the Youth Fitness Podcast. Topics on youth fitness with a focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin Family, the developers of the Brand X Method, and the Athlete Coach Network. Youth need great coaches now more than ever. Brand X has dedicated themselves to doing what is best for kids for over two decades and now offers mentoring, education, programming, and resources in one smart package to empower coaches to efficiently deliver world-class youth programs. Check out their plug and play options and join the Brand X family today. You plus Brand X equals youth program success. We're here for another Youth Fitness Podcast, and we have the absolute honor today to have Dr. Kate Shanahan, who doesn't know that we have been huge supporters. Uh, and she is the author of several books, including two of my favorites, Deep Nutrition and more recently, The Fat Burn Fix. She's Got an amazing background as a medical doctor and has knowledge to share that really every parent and every coach needs to hear. And Kate, I would love for you to expand on your bio so people can understand the importance of the source of this information. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you for the introduction and thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys. Um, so, uh, and you know, this, what you do is very important and, uh, you know, educating parents and folks around children's health and children's nutrition. There's nothing more important than that because what you eat in your formative years is literally what you're made out of. And the idea of, you know, nutrition has become so controversial these days. It's important to understand like the root of my philosophy. So you can decide for yourself, you know, your audience can decide for themselves if it resonates with them and it's worth their time uh, listening. But I want to maybe start out with jumping right into one of the most near and dear to my heart topics, which is the worst thing in our food supply that is making children overweight and, and having all kinds of negative effects on everyone, adults and children, not just our weight, but it makes us, it, it uh, kind of takes over our metabolism and our cravings become centered around sugar and carbohydrates. So it makes these seed oils make people sugar addicts. And that totally changes their relationship with food. And of course, it ultimately changes their body composition in a negative way and has many other downstream effects that I'm sure we'll get into. But the, so that's like, the reason this conversation is important. And maybe also to uh, the other question is like, why should anybody listen to me? So I'm a Cornell trained biochemist. And uh, I went to Cornell for biochemistry before I went to medical school and oils are chemicals. Oils, we talk about oils and why they're good and why they're bad using the terms of chemistry, like saturated and unsaturated. Those are actually chemical terms. And people throw them out without having any idea what they mean. They just know some are associated with bad and some are associated with good. And so I learned a lot about that before I went to medical school. I learned nothing about seed oils and nutrition in medical school. 
So I'm also a family medical doctor. I treat children. I've always been interested in athlete myself. And so I, I, you know, think children, I'm so happy to hear that, you know, whenever a child is, is involved in sports that they enjoy, that's great. Uh, you, it's really to part of being human is being active. Um, but, uh, the, where was I going with that? The, the reason that these two ideas came together, me being a family doctor and the biochemistry of seed oils, uh, didn't happen until I myself got really seriously ill and I had to try to figure out what to do on, on my own to get better because the medical industry couldn't help me. I was a medical mystery, which is something that no one ever wants to be. And so to solve uh, the mobility problem that I was having, which was really disturbing as an athlete myself, I wanted to get up and be active, but I couldn't because I had an infection in my nervous system that made my joints not you know, work normally. So, so nothing in the medical system helped. And I had to return to the science of uh, nutrition. And it wasn't even my idea. Like the, the hardest part of it was admitting that my husband was right all along. My diet was like an army of ants because I ate so much sugar and I, I should change something. And in the beginning, when I was learning, I was focused more on sugar. And that was now almost 20 years ago. So as time has gone by, my thinking has really uh, come around to What's worse between sugar and these seed oils or vegetable oils, as they're more commonly known, like soy oil and uh, canola oil and corn oil? There's a collection of eight of them, actually, that I call the hateful eight. So my thinking has come <laughs> around to, <laughs> yeah, um, my thing has come around to that these things actually drive us to need sugar. So they're in that sense much worse than sugar. Their effect is much more profound and more powerful. And the good side of that is if you think your child or if you want to help children get away from soda and juice, then the first place to focus is getting away from the seed oils because these things change our cravings and we need sugar for energy. That's what I talk about in the Fat Burn Fix. And that's that was kind of the big learning between the years that I wrote Deep Nutrition, which was originally published in 2008 then revised in 2017 which is when uh, Kelly Starrett heard about it started reading it and talked about it and and you know lots of other people as I was involved with the Lakers so uh lots of folks in sports are aware of deep nutrition but between deep nutrition and the fat burn fix uh actually I really wanted to do the fat burn fix first but my publisher wanted to just do <laughs> deep nutrition first so the Fapron fix is really all about solidifying the worst of the worst. So what is a public health enemy number one in our food supply? And that is the seed oils. And that kind of explains what they do to our metabolism and how they take over our, they basically hijack our self-control and our willpower. And it's almost impossible to stay away from sugar when you've had seed oils in your diet for a number of years because they alter the way our metabolism works in a fundamental way so that we actually physically need more sugar in our bloodstream than nature is designed to put there and and that really puts us in a in a metabolic bind and we end up getting insulin resistance obesity diabetes it's inevitable uh, that's why we're seeing not just people children and adults getting obese but when you test the early signs of type 2 diabetes, you find 
99 plus percent of the entire population of over 18 is affected already. And something like 60% of children who are affected. Those are stunning statistics. It's shocking. And yeah, that part of the reason that folks aren't even talking about it is because there's not a great consensus on how to diagnose insulin resistance. Doctors don't learn about it. We just learn about prediabetes and diabetes because those are things that we understand how to medicate with drugs and make the numbers look better. And we feel like we're doing a lot of great things, but we're not getting at the root at all. I, I am so glad that you wrote these books and have given a massive amount of detail on why we need to pay attention after hearing you on the ready state and listening. I went, got deep nutrition. And the first thing Jeff can tell you I did (laughs) was throw out everything with oils. And now shopping takes us five times as long as it used to, because anything that we buy, I have to check. And Um, neither of us us can read anymore. So we're looking at the And prior to that, I was sort of uh, inoculated by the CrossFit community on the zone and paleo. And I had a dad who died early of uh, cancer and they had done American Cancer Society had called, done some studies, called us back, told us red meat and sugar were the things they were. And this is like 1971. Red meat and sugar were the things that they were determining were problematic. So I always had growing up in my head that it was sugar. And then that was reinforced by the community and the the zone idea. And so reading about seed oils from you, someone who deeply understood why they were so pernicious, uh, uh, changed my perspective. So oils first, sugar next. And and that was so, is so important when we're still refining because it's a process to get all of that out, as you know. Did you, were you wanting to say something? No, I was listening to you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, absolutely. It's quite a process. It's not easy because they are in everything, but what it ends up doing is it helps folks, you know, become more, if you, if you understand how toxic they truly are, then you ultimately have to become a provider of better food in every realm because they're in so much bad stuff anyhow. Like they're in stuff that's highly refined and processed and has other unhealthy ingredients like sugar. So when you get rid of sugar, you still open to seed oils anyhow, right? Because they're in mayonnaise, they're in a lot of canned foods, they're in pretty much every kind of supposedly healthy frozen dinner, that kind of thing. So you can stay away from sugar, but uh, be flooding your body with seed oils. And I've worked with many, many people over the years who thought they were doing everything right because they were avoiding sugar and had no idea about seed oils. And, you know, of course, learning that changes, obviously, the diet. That's a harder part. But if you're able to tackle that, then it just makes such a dramatic difference in your health. It's it's really night and day. And people all the time are reaching out to me saying, you know, I can't believe it, but, you know, I'm in my 70s and I can beat my... 50 something, 45 year old something son at tennis or, you know, biking, uh, you know, I I can bike faster (laughs) than my own children, you know, they're happy with that. And they want to get their children on board too now. (laughs) I think reading the fat burn fix, one of the things that um, struck me as I'm kind of going through it was the idea that what we've been doing 
is is treating the symptoms. So the symptom is I, I want more sugar, and exactly. so I, I need to stop eating the sugar. Well, I can't stop eating the sugar because I need it to run my body because I'm not eating the right things in the right way. And I think that you know that's one of the things that if we can get across to parents and, and, and coaches that really what we're doing is by saying like, you know, slow down the carbs, slow down the sugar. What you're doing is treating the symptom of the problem and not treating the problem itself, not getting the root of the problem. And the problem won't go away. And yeah, your brain um, is going to tell you the yeah, wrong thing. until you <laughs> make this switch. That's a really smart way to put it. Actually. Um, I'm going to use that now because it it's, uh, it's so true. You know, like we, we talk about medications, not getting at the root of the problem, and then folks jump right over to the sugar conversation. And, you know, I, I've always been like, yeah, that's good. That's important, but it's not as important. And so now I'm just going to, uh, you know, help point out that exactly what you said, that it, it is really, it's a symptom too. High blood sugar, uh, or sorry, sugar cravings are a symptom, right? So it, in my book, I talk about, you know, our high blood sugar and our hypertension, high blood pressure being symptoms of the problem too. But, uh, and I talk about how our cravings are completely taken over, but actually it, it truly is. If you are a sugar addict, if you feel like your day isn't complete until you've gotten sugar, if you have children that seem like they need sugar in order to behave normally, then that is a symptom that uh, seed oils have affected your metabolism or your child's metabolism, and they've basically hijacked their cravings. And so the absolutely most important thing is to pay attention, to turn every container with an ingredients list around and look for the hateful eight seed oils, which I can just rattle off real quick, actually. If Yeah. So as far as finding them ingredients, there's actually just six you need to know. And that's corn, canola, cottonseed, soy, sunflower, safflower. The other two are grapeseed and rice bran, but they're mostly right now only in restaurants. They're not really like in, you know, processed food or crackers or frozen goods or anything like that. But they are in fine dining restaurants, right? So just because you're not at a fast food joint doesn't mean you're not eating seed oils, sadly. But uh, so, yeah, those six are in so many things. They're in, you know, crackers. They're in, they're not in a lot of cereals, but they are in granola, a lot of granolas. They're in the butter in your microwave popcorn. They're in your, you know, healthy energy bar, right? So it is something that once you start looking, you're going to realize how much you've been eating. And then because of how your body metabolizes them, the scary thing about these is that we can't just get rid of them. We can't eliminate them. Right. So it's not like other toxins in the food supply, like even glyphosate, we can, our liver can handle that and can eliminate that. Doesn't always do that, but it has the capacity to do that. But the fatty acids and vegetable oils uh, have, you know, normally come in as nutrients in healthy food and they've been normally scarce in the food supply. So our body is designed to absorb them fully and hang on to them fully. So if we've been eating them for our whole lives, they're in our body fat and they won't go away from our body fat until we burn off the body fat and we burn off specifically those seed oils that are sitting there. 
And that is not a short process. So I bring that up because anyone who's skeptical of the idea that seed oils are unhealthy is probably looked at research that that is very short term that, that compares people and has a bunch of other flaws. But you, you really have to do the study. There's a lot of problems with the other studies that are done. And one of them is that no one's paying attention to the fact that we're eating so much. So when they design the studies, they don't put the amount that people are eating in people's diets. They put a lesser amount and they do the studies short term. So they don't see the harms. <laughs> They're actually giving people in their high seed oil diets less seed oil. So people get better than where they than where they were. So they appear to be healthy. Isn't that crazy? Yes. yes. And it's problematic, I think, because <laughs> studies are often driven by money. So there's money in keeping the, the, the seed oils in because they're cheap. Because they're cheap. Yeah. So you know that's that's difficult if we're gonna do a 10 year study on <laughs> right. the amount that people are actually eating, you're gonna be coming against some big money to do that. Yes. So I'm thinking about parents and, and making any adjustments and we often hear First of all, such a difficult topic to talk with families about their nutrition, so much involved. I'm sure you're well aware emotionally and everything, but they want fast solutions. They want to keep family traditions. Their kids want, want, want. And so going, okay, we got to go whole foods because this processed stuff, all these things are in there. I can know what's in the whole foods and then carefully assign when we eat those things and, and so forth. But how do, what do you what do you see as a path for parents to take the steps to rid their kids of the hateful eight in their diets? Yeah, so the practical steps are uh, you know you st- you start reading ingredients and then you start looking for solutions in terms of well, what is a simple whole food that my child likes? And some of the best solutions are things like dairy, eggs, and red meat. Now I bring those up specifically because they're super healthy and they're often quite convenient. I mean, it doesn't take very long to pour a glass of milk, uh, slice up a piece of cheese, boil an egg, or you can even buy uh, buy hard boiled eggs that are already peeled these days, right? So those are convenience foods that are super healthy. And, you know, frying up a hamburger is also really healthy as long as you, if you use any fat, just use a good one, like uh, beef fat. (laughs) If you get the 70% lean, you really don't even need any fat. And it holds together nicely too. So it's just like a, a simple patty is takes very little time to make, very little effort. The hardest part is washing that grease off your hands. <laughs> but but I bring those things up because all of those are things that doctors will tell you are going to raise your cholesterol. And all of those foods are, are things that, you know, for one reason or another, many parents have been led to believe are unhealthy because of either cholesterol or, or this have this inflammatory effect. Uh, or they'll cause cancer or something like that. And that is all a byproduct of the distorted science that we have in the field of nutrition, because no one's been looking at seed oils. The reason they're unhealthy for us is quite complicated. It has to do with biochemistry. And people are just coming up with almost their own ideas that are not scientific, but they sound somewhat scientific. You know, cholesterol clogs your arteries. Gosh, I I don't know enough to argue with that, right? Like 
even when I was in medical school, I didn't know enough to argue with that. But that's not what happens. It's actually the seed oils that fry our arteries from the inside out. It's really a very different process. So doctors are give it, trying to help people with diet, but it never works, right? Because they don't learn what a healthy diet is and they learn that healthy foods are unhealthy. So part of the mindset here is not just, yes, nutrition matters. Yes, you can make easy foods healthy. And it's also... You have to be your own health advocate in the doctor's office because your doctor's been basically trained to be an advocate for the processed food industry. And this is where the money talks comes in. I mean, you know, money talked in 1948. And that's why the American Heart Association promoted vegetable oils starting in the 1950s. And that's why the American Heart Association still to this day will insist that they're healthy and that, you know, if you eat butter, raise your cholesterol, you're going to have a heart attack and die. But none of that is actual science. That's just people's ideas that have been appropriated for the benefit of giant industries, right? People really genuinely had these ideas. They weren't like artificially created. Somebody actually really believed that saturated fat would raise your cholesterol and clog your arteries. That man's name was Ansel Keys. But he was wrong and uh, he didn't really care that he was wrong. He was really more about getting that idea out there, you know, and he wasn't pure evil. He actually truly believed that nutrition played a role in public health and he was advocating for that. He was just wrong about the kind of nutrition that uh, that ought to, you know, be be promoted. And so because he felt that he was on the right side of, you know, right and wrong, he accepted money for it. And I think when it became, if it ever became obvious to him that this idea was flawed, he didn't really care because it was more about getting people to pay attention to their diet. And he didn't really understand how deeply flawed it was. But all this is to say that, you know, part of the mindset of success as a parent is you have to be your own advocate here because it's not going to happen in the doctor's office. Your cholesterol will probably go up and so will your child's. And doctors are even trying to medicate children with statin these days because they just don't know any better. So I just want to clarify one point because I think that we should. That you believe that the inflammatory response is caused by the vegetable oils, not by the sugar and the, and the high cholesterol and those kind of things. That's pretty clear. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. So the primary... Just want to make sure. Yes, that's that's absolutely very important to clarify. Now, sugar is not good for us. And, and once our metabolism is damaged and if we eat a lot and once we develop type 2 diabetes, it will also promote oxidative stress because our blood levels will be so high. But it's not the primary, primary right. thing. And focusing on it first just will be somewhat counterproductive. I just want to make sure the parents heard that really clearly that this is what's called. And coaches coaches. who are often Um, trying to guide parents in some way. Recently, somebody we follow posted a video of the La Sierra High School 1960s PE classes working out. Have you ever seen those those videos? No. I bet the kids were thin. They're thin. And they're doing (laughs) Amazing things, and you know they're going to pegboards, they're going across uh, uh, parallel bars. They can do. It's just an. It's an amazing. It was. It was an amazing program, 
that led to uh, John F. Kennedy starting the Presidential Physical, Physical Fitness Award. And there was a whole, whole post about that. But this video comes up in our world every six months or so. And then parents coming in going like, well, I want my kid to look like this. And I want my kid to be able to do these things. And they you know, think it's, it, it's exercise. All, it's exercise. It's so I know that um, Mickey in our gym, when we had a gym, had several times where she had a, you know, a young child who was obese and had the parent come in and say, you know, you need to be doing more cardio with him and they need to be doing more of these things. And Mickey would say, you know, it's, it's the diet. We need to work on a diet. Can we talk about and, what they're eating? And, but can we draw a line from vegetable oil being introduced? I, I know you said the forties and fifties through this. Here's here's these kids in the sixties. And when we went to elementary school, I was in, this, in elementary school in the 60s. I was in high school in the 70s. And, you know, you would have that one kid who was overweight. And now you go to school to schools and all of the kids are overweight. Most of the kids are overweight. And, and in the U.S. Our genetics haven't changed. Like, it's not all of a sudden like, okay, we just, you know, the human species changed and this is what we're, we're the way we are now. So can we draw a line from the vegetable oils in the 50s to, to, to more and more use and it's yes. gaining more weight? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of lines there. So firstly, just to point out that, yeah, they were introduced in the 1950s. They'd actually been somewhat in the food supply for since uh, the beginning of the industrial era, but very, very minute amounts. And so it's the dose that makes the poison. That's a famous saying in toxicology, right? The dose makes the poison. So the dose we're getting of vegetable oils now is is huge. And on a yearly basis, people are getting somewhere around 60 pounds of vegetable oil, which when you do the math equates to somewhere around, you know, 400 calories a day. So that's five wow. times what it was when we were growing up. When, you know, I mean, I, assume you're, I grew up like I went to the elementary school in the 70s. And on the way to school in the morning, I remember children like had so much energy. My schoolmates were literally doing, you know, backflips. They were literally doing that on the way to, up the ramp <laughs> into the school because <laughs> they were so athletic. And, you know, th this is elementary school outside, you know, like <laughs> children, my parents today would freak out <laughs> because there were no mats, um, no helmets on. <laughs> and, you know, they were doing cartwheels that where they weren't touching the ground. They were doing somersaults in the air. I mean, yeah. this is what that, that's normal. Like children are normally full of energy and athletic and they can't sit still. So one of the lines you can draw between vegetable oil and obesity is fatigue. Vegetable oils sap our ability to generate energy. I talk about how this happens in the fat burn fix, the technical part of it. Um, I think it's very interesting. And anybody who loves biology will love fat burn fix. Um, but it has to do with how they damage our mitochondria. So our, our body can't generate energy from these the fatty acids that are in vegetable oils and what that means is that if our body fat is full of that stuff it's very difficult to lose weight that's so this is another line so uh, one of the lines is they don't give us energy so we don't have the get up and go another line we already talked about is they crave sugar so they they sneak food you can try and hide it they're going to get at it they're going to get at the sugar because they need it they need it and so it doesn't do any good to hide it. 
And, you know, what it does good to do is not have it in the house and put give them healthy fats in every meal so that they get a little bit of energy to sustain them. That's another very, very important piece of advice that every meal should have a little bit of the kinds of fats that are in butter and eggs and steak, the saturated fats. They're also in uh, avocado oil, olive oil, coconut oil, a lot of nuts. But I have the list on my website and, and in the book. So that's that's two two or three lines now. Right. And then a, another line is body composition. They make us skinny fat. Mm. So a lot of folks are talking about uh, how uh, lack of exercise is making people skinny fat. No. Professional athletes are skinny fat too. Like in the off season, they gain weight quickly, they lose their muscle mass. They have to you have to basically these days on on our vegetable oil diet to have a normal body composition, you have to be an, you have to exercise like a maniac to sustain that muscle mass because it will go away overnight, literally when your body fat is full of vegetable oil because you burn your muscle for energy or because you're turning it into sugar for that need for sugar in your body. Because your body doesn't want to burn that body fat. It has to have another fuel and it will break down your muscle, your bone, uh, your child's muscle. It will make it very difficult for children to lose their weight. This is something that doctors are just starting to recognize. You know, we talk about burning fat as if it's a special state. You got to exercise for that. You got to do cardio for that, right? To burn body fat. Well, they've tested people who are metabolically damaged with this condition I call insulin resistance, but doctors know it more as diabetes and type two, type two diabetes. I mean, um, they find that people who are type two diabetic do not burn their body fat when they're exercising, plain and simple. They just don't. Wow. I hadn't heard that. That's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, horrifying. This is why we're skinny fat. Yeah. It's why we're skinny fat because most people actually are skinny fat. In the United States, where we've started eating seed oils before any other country, the prevalence of skinny fat in adults is something like 90%. That means that people who weigh themselves but don't get their body composition, 90% chance you don't have a normal amount of muscle and you're over fat. You have enough body fat to be considered overweight or even obese even at a normal weight on the scale. And this applies to children too. That's, that's yeah. I, we One of the things that we talk about are in youth movement gaps. And now we're talking about movement voids where there's a complete desolation, basically. There is none. And, and what you're talking about with the uh, fatigue leading into sedentary behavior, lack of energy, which is just a sort of a, keeps gaining momentum, right? That those two things just make itself worse. That is just got me thinking about how we address kids who aren't moving and, and trying to fix all these, you know, voids and gaps in human movement. And that there is this huge connection in what they're eating that's causing them not to move in a, in a greater way than just exposure I think it was. to play and movement in general. I think what um, she said was interesting and should be, and should be highlighted. It, it was normal for kids to be doing things like backflips and running and all yeah. that. When we talk about normality of youth in the 60s, the 70s, and the 80s, and the ni- even in the 90s, the difference was you, know, you came home 
and you threw your books in the bed and you went outside and you played until it got dark and then you came back inside and then you had, had, had dinner and you went to bed and you woke up and you ran to the the bus stop to be with your friends and that kind of thing. And then in about 2010, 11, 12, what we're seeing now is that no longer happens. Kids, if you go down the street after school, it's desolate. There are no kids outside playing. And then we see the results of this and it, it, this, which we see as movement gaps, kids who, who haven't been exposed to the normal human movement. So you tell a kid to jump, they cannot initiate the jump with, with two feet and land with two feet. They simply can't. You have to retrain them to do something that a three-year-old learns on their own when they're playing outside. And they can't skip and they can't side shuffle. And then you put that kid into football because he wants to play football when he's 13 and he gets hurt. And you go, I don't understand why he got hurt. Well, we do. He can't move like he should as a normal child. But the, but that's coming from, so we're seeing that rapid rise in those injuries and things like that. But what we're hearing is this is coming from a lack of energy and a lack, and that suppresses normality of youth. Yeah, it's a, it's a key piece that I don't think we had seen no. or considered. It's we always attributed it. I mean, it's, it, I think there's a probably a, it probably uh, coincides with a lower energy level as well as having the internet in your pocket, and so now we can we can sit and uh, can sit and be active versus side and being active. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, the key thing is you need to have that internal feeling of I want to move or you won't when there's so many other things that you can do without moving. Right. Like, so it's more important now than ever and fewer children than ever now have that internal drive. The people that stay skinny in today's world are are few and far between, but they are probably children of, you know, people whose parents were always active and, you know, always encouraged outdoor activity. And it's just in the family, you know, and it may be genetic. There may be some diff- genetic differences between this kind of, I need to get outside or I'll go mentally insane. Right. I felt that way. And you know, I was a child. I don't know if it's just because how I grew up, but my, my dad is like that. My dad is literally asleep if he's not moving. So, of course, he's 80 something now. So that's not too unusual, but he's been that way for a long time. Um, but yeah, so like uh, the, the other part about this, well, what you brought up is that like, this is not known, right? This is not known. And the reason it's known is because medical science ignores vegetable oils as a root cause of anything bad, not because of some grand intelligent conspiracy, just because of what they call like the conspiracy of dunces, you know, that saying like this, this sort of bad idea helped this other bad idea develop. And now there's a bunch of bad ideas all ganging up on the truth. And so it was this original Ansel Keys who had a bad idea that cholesterol clogged arteries. And then it was Procter and Gamble who had the bad idea that they ought to sell liquid vegetable, liquid cottonseed oil to the public. That was a bad idea because this stuff is is truly toxic unless you refine out one of the actual toxins. So it starts out at the best case scenario as a processed food, but then it's also got toxins that happen as a product of the manufacturing. So all of this is just, there's so little that has set the record straight over the past 70 years in nutrition that it's a it's a huge rabbit hole of like information and answers and solutions to big problems 
but no one's talking about it be- unless they've read Deep Nutrition, The Fat Burn Fix, or had me on their podcast like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, and part of the problem is I'm not at a university, right? So like if I was at a university, I think, you know, I would have like the authority and the premature of the proper, you know, kind of credentials and stuff like this. I'm a solo independent scientist, but I am a scientist. And what I'm saying is based on science. However, these days, it's just sort of hard to know who to trust. And we just fall back on, well, Ivy League, you know, got to be at Stanford or Harvard. And those folks in the nutrition department are the source of the problem because they're the ones who are doing the research that's funded by industries with conflicts of interest. So uh, you have to be healthy. You have to like be willing to think outside the normal like labels of, of health authorities to get actual health advice these days. We, we've found that to be true with fitness. You know, it just mm finding, well, this is what they tell you to do, but it doesn't yeah. seem always to be go working to the end, Always go point. to the end of the uh, end of the study first to see who funded it and, <laughs> and see if there's any conflicts of interest, and then go back and read the, read the, read the study. Right? And then I, I feel like that with nutrition, I'm not feeling great. What am I doing that's contributing to that? I My body's an engine. I'm putting things in it and taking things out of it, so it's me. So what is it? So I... We're always kind of trying to find how do we fine tune and make things better. And so your work definitely has let us down, you know, how can we continue to not only help ourselves and and our families, but deliver that information to other people, coaches, parents, uh, especially parents, because we don't want a generation of people who are too tired to move. Right. And very unhealthy. So for us, this is such important information and thank you so much for being here to get the word out. I want to make sure before we, I think I we're couple, close to our time. Yes, Did you have of, some things you want to say? Just one, uh, just one, one question. So if you, if you were talking to a parent and I'm sure you've talked, you've talked to thousands of parents, you're talking to a parent and you said to the parent and the parent is not a, somebody who's interested in biology, but they're, they, they, they're interested in getting in, helping them, their child feel better. Which of your books should they get first? <laughs> they should probably get the fat burn fix first and just skip right to the last third where I have lots of very simple meal ideas. Like if you were to count them as recipes, they'd be over a hundred, but they're not really recipes. It's just like, here's how to make a peanut butter sandwich healthy. <laughs> and, you know, here's uh, what to do instead of like getting a Taco Bell, uh, like ch- cheese melt, just make your own in the microwave, buy cheddar and get these kind of taco things. And, you know, if you don't want to use microwave, you can melt the cheese on a stovetop or a toaster oven. The things take, you know, they take me like a minute to make. so i have lots of ideas like that very simple using the what i call like the health foods that are in the store already that just we've been told not to eat you know the cheeses the whole fat dairy products the eggs and you know the the ground meats 
the the hamburger meat that's so easy to cook up the quickly and a thousand different recipes if you just have like a taco mix some cheese to shred and avocado you know you don't even really need those unhealthy taco shells you can just get the yellow corn tortillas and you get this and toast them up in the toaster oven or you know warm them up in the microwave you get the same flavors doesn't have the same like hold in your hand ability quite as easy or exactly the same crunch but you can get crunch from nuts if you want that salty crunchy things from salty crunchy nuts so like there's a lot of simple solutions it's just that folks haven't been thinking about using those main ingredients as because they've been told they're not healthy oh we, we so. definitely have had that happen yeah. where we i think i said to you well we're having tuna oh tuna's high cholesterol should we be concerned about that <laughs> <laughs> And they said, no, yeah. I'm reading Fatbird Mix. <laughs> and it kind of maybe remind me, I, I've been trained to think that that's yeah. always bad. So I think, exactly. the, you know, a, a parents and coaches, if you're interested in just like the how-to part, you know, get the Fatbird Fix right away, start reading that. If you're really interested in the science, diving into that, deep nutrition is, is the way to go. I mean, both of us and are- I return to that all the time. Both of us are- nerds like that very so, good yeah thanks they actually they cover different sciences so like the fat burn fix is about metabolism so if you're interested in the science of metabolism then the fat burn fix is for you and if you're interested in the science i mean it also has the solutions of what to eat too more so than deep nutrition and deep nutrition is kind of a, the concept of genetics and passing on healthy genes to your children and what is optimal growth and a whole like a holistic deep dive into what our ancestors you to eat and why that's important. So it's a they're they're different like science types of information in there. So of course I would say everybody should read them. <laughs> Absolutely. Where so where can people find you? Yes. Yeah, so my um, website is drkate.com. It's just D-R-C-A-T-E.com. And on there I have my social media um, links, which are both like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all Dr. Kate Shanahan with D-R Kate with a C, then Shanahan. So that's uh, kind of the hub, it, though. It comes from Dr. Kate. And if you do go to my site, you should sign up as a subscriber for my newsletter, which comes out not too often, uh, like less than, probably once a month. So you don't get bumped, your inbox doesn't get bombarded, but you do get a lot of resources where I give you like, here's a healthy shopping list. Here's like a quick uh, meal idea menu. Here's some things you can, some simple tests about your metabolism and that's all free. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I think I have about a thousand and two more questions. <laughs> That's how that will probably remain. We so appreciate you coming on today and sharing this really, really important information and we'll get the word out. Well, thank you for having me on and thank you for, you know, I think doing the right thing for children. You know, it's great that uh, kids need folks like you to help keep them active and keep them healthy and they, where they understand, you know, not, not to injure themselves. Cause as a doctor, I, you know, more, there's nothing more discouraging than trying to exercise and getting injured. And yeah. then your parents so not necessarily having the right sympathy for you. Just get Tommy John surgery. We'll take care of that. What? Yeah, oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for coming yes, on. We thank really, you. We do appreciate it. Uh, really enjoyed, yeah. Really enjoyed meeting you. Welcome to the Athlete Coach Network. 
a new connection-based training platform that breaks down regional barriers and connects coaches and athletes anytime, anywhere. You're an athlete and love to push yourself. Who's guiding you? As an athlete, you can filter and search our library to find the perfect coach or sign up for a membership to get video feedback and comments from our coaches all over the world. As a coach, you can set up your profile and advertise your credentials, set your own price for video reviews or direct messaging to ensure your rates reflects the value of your time. Welcome to the Athlete Coach Network and welcome to the future of sports coaching. That was the Youth Fitness Podcast, topics on youth fitness with focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin family, the developers of the Brand X Method and the Athlete Coach Network. We hope you guys enjoyed that episode and you listen for more.